Hello, welcome back to Do The Franchise with me, Jake. And me, James. We're back, James. It's um, been a while, hasn't it? It, it has. It has been a while. Uh, but luckily, we're doing a time travel franchise, so hopefully we can correct this. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll correct this by going back in time and making more episodes that then we can reflect on later. So actually, me and James in this, in this episode have only just finished the first series of Harry Potter, and we have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> to the rest of the franchise up until this point. We're, if we're planning to go back in time, does that mean eventually, because we've put enough effort in, we will have gone back in time? So going back in time has already happened, and now we're talking about something that we're going to do in the future, but we have already done in the past. Yeah, this is the problem with time travel, isn't it? I was watching, yeah. um, there's a series on Netflix called Dark. It's a German program, if you've seen it. Um, really good. They've just released the third series. And um, it that, that kind of thing where it's all about one time travel event happens, and then... Every time someone goes back in time, they just make it worse. So what happens in the end is you've got like multiple layers of different alternate dimensions, different oh. timelines with different people who make different choices in them. Uh, some people from the past are in the future and some people from the future have gone back to the past. Oh, God, honestly, it fries your brain. I can imagine. It's just too much, isn't it? I think at the end, they basically have to like press a reset button for the world. <laughs> 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 Just imagine what you'd have to do if that was the if that was happening. Yeah, let's start over. This isn't good. This do you know, isn't yeah. good. Do you know how we were laughing at Back to the Future where like if Marty doesn't like his mum meet his dad, then he won't exist and all this. In Dark, there's basically a storyline where a girl from the present is actually from the future and her daughter in the present has her mum in the future. So the daughter and the mum are both mum and daughter of each other. It's oh, very odd. That is weird. Um, but yeah, uh, how are you, James? Are you all right? I, I'm good. Uh, surviving. Yes. Everything's going okay. For everyone in the broad that's listening to James and I, we're still kind of in lockdown. Um, we People don't really know what we're doing, but we're, things are open. Not lots of things, but some things. Um, you can go to a shop with 100 people, but you can't sit next to somebody in a restaurant, even if there's just two of you. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are a little confusing and yeah, yeah. I, I've just read that there are supposedly 36 locations in the UK that are at, at risk of going back into lockdown oh, and, God. and, and that's, that doesn't feel safe but apparently it's okay to be out no it just doesn't feel safe does it it's kind of it's one of those really odd things where it's like someone saying there's radiation outside but it's okay it's only a little bit and you go well, what? And they go, well, it's worse in some places than other places, but it's fine. It's All right, fine. am I Would you risk? like to adopt this radioactive dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. I, I just find it all a bit strange. Um, and obviously, I think, and I know you you and I have similar thoughts on this anyway, but I think if you if you can take little risk, then do. Don't, don't bother taking risk. If you don't need to go somewhere, uh, don't do it. I just don't. Yeah, be be risk averse. It's the one time in your life where it's probably going to benefit you. Yeah, and I don't find that in life I need to do a lot of things anyway. Just because I think what's happening in England and probably around the world is that people are doing things now because they haven't been able to do them previously, uh, and they're not doing them because they really want to. It's just because they feel like they have to. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I've I've spent this time suddenly becoming a Raspberry Pi expert. I've been building nice. various things with Raspberry Pis because uh, I, I had a couple lying around and no time to do anything with them. And now with lockdown having happened, 
they're doing all sorts of things. That's great. It's fantastic. I, mean, I did some gardening. Um, yeah, it was all right. That's very practical. I built You're some Lego. You're much more practical than me. <laughs> You've done some Lego. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that does sound like an addiction. It turns I've out Lego is really Lego. good if you buy it on eBay because it doesn't really matter if it's second hand. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, right. We'll go play Back to Future. This is Back to Future Two for that we haven't really announced the episode, have we? This is no. a terrible intro. So this is Back to the Future Part Two, and we are gonna do another watch along. So we're gonna start it in a few seconds, and then obviously everyone at home, uh, if you have got Back to the Future, if you haven't. Uh, Pause, go get it. <laughs> yeah, Find it, download it. <laughs> it's it's probably worth re restating as often as possible. This this episode and the previous one only really makes sense if you're watching along with us. Yeah. If you were just listening and expecting one of our traditional episodes, you were probably very disappointed and I can only apologize, but you <laughs> yeah. do need to watch along. Otherwise, it's just us giggling at things and passing comments on yeah. stuff that you can't see. This is basically a do the franchise version of that audio commentary you get on DVD extras. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, probably not as anywhere near as informative or as professional, but still. <laughs> it's there, it's happening. You know, I kind you, of you wish can... we'd done this for Harry Potter now. Yes, although I think each film would have been about four hours an episode because you would have had to pause it to explain stuff to me. That's true. Yeah, that is so, true. So at least with this franchise, it's films we know <laughs> and yeah, films like. We love. <laughs> right, I'm going to hit play in a second, James. Um, okay. You need to tell me when you see the Universal logo. So uh, we'll go three, two, one, play. So I am seeing it now. Right, I'm seeing an Earth and a Universal and MCA company. Are you getting that? Yeah. Good. I think we're in sync this time. I think we're finally in sync. I hope people at home are in sync as well. Um, For everyone at home, this has been really odd, listening to James in one ear and listening to Marky McFly in the other ear. So this is going to be another attempt to try and make this good. I've not actually listened to our first episode yet, um, so I'm hoping it was good. (laughs) Here's hoping, eh? I usually listen back to them all before we edit them and put them out. So, and this time, because it's an hour and a half, well, a two hour long episode, I don't know about you, but I just felt like I didn't have the time to go through it all. It was it was a bit of a chore. I had to make sure it actually worked with the film. Yeah. And I think it did. It worked with my version of the film. Perfect, which... that'll do. Yeah. So, so Marty's back, and it's Jennifer, but it isn't the same Jennifer, James. It isn't. So, I mean... Watching this back-to-back, as much as we are doing with a couple of weeks gap, it's very jarringly obvious that it's not. <laughs> she doesn't even look like the same actress. No. It's not like they've even made an attempt. The hair, I guess, looks similar. Yeah. Right, Doc's just smashed into a bin. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, you've got to make an entrance when you're in a DeLorean. <laughs> I love this bit. Yeah, so this is basically a recap of what we saw in the end of Back to the Future 1, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Where Doc has arrived, smashed into the bin, which I remember you finding really funny. <laughs> and he's now attempting to fill up the DeLorean's uh, fusion reactor. Brilliant. With bananas? And some beer. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all you need to go back to the future, right? <laughs> that's brilliant. I uh, guess if you ate enough rotten bananas and drank enough beer, you'd probably think you were time travelling. Yeah, isn't there something about like bananas or, or fruit? I know they remember reading it years ago. It might even be something stupid like coconut. You can eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it and 
eventually you'll just die because if you eat nothing but that, it's got hardly any nutrients in it, so it just kills you. Brilliant. We, so we should probably don't do get more research. On a desert that. island is what I'm saying. No. <laughs> I'll try not to. During a pandemic, it's tempting. Oh, here's Biff with his business cards. Yeah. <laughs> I got these new business cards printed. Right, this is significant, isn't it? That Biff sees yeah. the DeLorean take off um, yeah. and disappear. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, and this soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. It is good, isn't it? I, uh, I just love Biff. I think Biff is my favourite person. Yeah. Oh, so good. Right, I'm on Back to the Future, part two titles. Yeah. And we're in the clouds. Where better to be to hear John Williams. Oh, it's so good. I have got some facts. Oh, I like, I like the facts. Um, yeah. So this was, a, I think this might be in reference to Back to the Future 1. Uh, hey, give me a Pepsi free. Pepsi free was a real thing in 1985. The Pepsi company had changed its designs, shapes, and available variations of their trademarked soda over the years. By the time Marty gets to 2015, he knows, he knows better than to ask for a tab or a Pepsi free. Um, all he wanted was a Pepsi, which emerges from the robot in the cafe. And it is a Pepsi perfect to commemorate uh-huh. Back to the Future Day in the real life October 2015. Pepsi actually released a limited edition of Pepsi Perfect. Nice. Uh, and it was in these classic time travel uh, conundrums brought to life. If John Connor didn't send back Kyle Reese uh, back in time, John Connor would never have been born. Uh, but if he hadn't have been born, he could never send his father back in time. It's heavy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Good on Pepsi. Yeah, at least they played along with it. God, 2015 does seem like a long time ago now as well. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Like You could go out and everything. <laughs> I just I, I just realised what you said then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember those days when you could go out? My brother sent me a message the other day from America saying, uh, just down the pub, la ha ha ha. And I just sent him a message going back, what's pub? (laughs) (laughs) Right, we're in the DeLorean and we are in the rainy future, aren't we? Yeah, the future is always rainy and miserable. I wonder if all the buttons in the DeLorean do something. Yeah, they all they all light up. That's their only purpose. They're a switch for a light behind the switch. <laughs> what were you going to say then? I was just saying the future is always rainy and miserable, and actually it's been quite rainy recently, and it's pretty miserable, so they weren't wrong. They weren't, yeah. <laughs> it's very Blade Runner in the sky above the new yes. California, isn't it? Kind of a Blade Runner introduction, but sillier. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs just <laughs> knocked out Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. I haven't seen this film for about 10 years, I don't think. No. Not all the way yeah, through. it's been a while. Yeah, apparently the Jennifer being in DeLorean at the end of Back to the Future 1 was a big problem for the writers who had planned the adventure of Back to the Future 2 but didn't want Jennifer in it. Um, right. But because they'd already made Back to the Future 1, she couldn't not be in it. So the idea that they knock Jennifer out in the DeLorean and then park her somewhere on like a bench 
uh, literally just came out of him of Doc saying she wants to know too much. She can't know too much. Blah 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 blah. But apparently that the writers did not want her in this scene or in these scenes. Uh, so they had to find a storyline way of writing her out. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Yeah, I guess it's it's one of those things where you have a film that ends one way and you can't really start it the same way if you hadn't yeah. planned on it. <laughs> it's the the rains just stop. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wait five more seconds. So good. <laughs> you notice uh, loads of vinyl wrapping in the uh, boxes behind Marty McFly. I don't know what that is. It's kind of strange. <laughs> right. Right. This is the bit where Doc Brown shows that he's been through a rejuvenation clinic as a way of getting around having to age Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Um, so old Doc now looks young or younger and he peels off his face saying that he's just wearing it as makeup to make himself look <laughs> old in the in the in the future so it's, this is kind of confusing but this is the idea where they've they've used that as a plot device to get around putting christopher lloyd in the makeup chair every time he's in the present yes it's genius it's really, very isn't clever it? isn't it yeah oh it's so good and now if you look at Christopher Lloyd now, he looks even older than old Doc. Yes. Yeah, but they weren't far off, were they? Like, no. If you looked at him as he aged, he actually looked a lot like he did when he wore the makeup in this. Yeah. It's brilliant. And yeah, when you see Marty later as old Marty, he looks pretty much like that now as, as old Michael J. Fox. Yeah. They were, they were pretty spot on. Yeah. Oh, the Nike shoes. Have you seen this bit? Are you, are you on this? Yeah. Where they lace themselves up. I think they actually Nike did actually release these. They did, yeah. So good. It's funny because I remember as a kid I thought this one was a bit contrived compared to the first Back to the Future. And I love as a kid that you were processing things as contrived on. Well, I wouldn't have thought that <laughs> word particularly. <laughs> but I remember thinking it was very silly in comparison to the first one. And, and I remember the third one as well, thinking that the third one was just another silly version of what they'd already done. But I think yeah. as I got older, I started to appreciate how they'd been made. Um, and I enjoyed them a lot more for what they were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think, like you, I, I probably held the first one up above the other two but yeah. now number two is still pretty good yeah N- number two and three were shot at exactly the same time it was one big production yeah uh, which is why there's so many things that we'll talk about throughout this film that that link the first and so the second and third one together mm. yeah so the idea that they start in the future and then obviously they end in the past before they have to come back to 1985 again yeah it's very clever. It is. It's really well written. With time travel, <laughs> you can only do so much. No. And they always talked, didn't they, there was rumours about them doing another one, but you just think you can't really do much more than that. They did the full circle, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> it says the law works better in the future now they've abolished all lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love this. I love that Doc knows what's going to happen. 
and Marty just doesn't believe him, even though he knows he has a time travel device. Yeah, it's yeah the idea that he's like, how can this happen? And he's going, well, I've already seen it in the future, so I've come back to this moment to try and stop it from happening. But then Doc realizes, doesn't he? Because this this bit of the second film, so this is obviously the first adventure they go on to stop Marty's kids getting in trouble, is the catalyst that sets in motion all the things that then start going wrong. Um, that Doc realizes that when you try to meddle with things in the future or in the past, you always create another loop of problems. Yeah. Um, which ultimately becomes the thing. Oh, there's a Mayor Wilson sign on the uh, on the wall. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Re-elect Mayor Go- Mayor Wilson. Goldie. It, was it Goldie Wilson's son? I imagine or something. Yeah. Because it's like thirty years in the future, isn't it? It's it's so cleverly done. This I I love it. I love the yeah. I like the flying cars in the background. In the background, it's so so clever. Right, so the courthouse is now a mall, and you see it says Hill Valley Courthouse Mall, which is like yeah. a, a joke that everything in the future becomes a mall. <laughs> I love it. It's brilliant. And the special effects actually still, like that car that landed, that red car, yeah. was CG up until the point it hit the ramp. Yeah, and then it became then it a real. motion car, yeah, real car. Have you seen the hologram coming out of the cinema? Are you on that yet? Yeah. Are we still in sync? Yeah, I think we. I'm at the Texaco bit. Right, okay, I'm going to pause it. Tell me when you see the shark. I see the shark now. Right, okay. <laughs> Tell me when the shark bites Marty. You just did it. Cool. Oh, there's Goldie Wilson the third look on yeah, the sign. So it is Goldie Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather was mayor of Hill Valley in the 80s. <laughs> so. So good. It's brilliant. I love the, the joke as well about the shark still looking fake. Yeah. Because obviously it's Spielberg. Because it's, yeah. Did, yeah. He, helped, he produced it, didn't he? There's actually yeah. a Jaws videotape on the left of shot here. Um, oh, yeah. In the, in and the... the Antique computer. It's an Apple Mac. It's a Macintosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I've actually forgotten. I'm actually getting goosebumps of how much I love this scene in this film. Yeah. Because as well, like we were laughing a minute ago, to an extent, they were spot on with everything they've just done because we don't have flying cars. All right, we don't have them. We have Teslas, but we've got, yeah. we've got like the 3D hologram films. 3D films have been and gone again, haven't they? Like That became a yeah. massive <laughs> thing about five, ten years ago where everything was re-released in bloody 3D. Oh, um, yeah, that fad. <laughs> like this cafe where you can order things on like a TV screen. Well, we're not. that does happen now. You can order things on an iPad and it gets delivered to your table. Yeah. I mean, you're encouraged to do that now. Yeah, Weatherspoons, you, well, you remember when Weatherspoons was open, you could order yeah. your breakfast and a drink on the uh, app on your iPhone and it would just come to the table. Yeah. So, so it's really not that far off. Yeah, there's the Pepsi Perfect bit, James, like with the weird bottle. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <It's> Biff. <laughs> hey, McFly. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> he's really... always shocked <laughs> Biff because yeah. Biff says hey McFly every time he goes into that cafe and every time here at the time zone doesn't it yeah uh, so good 
I love the top of his stick is a fist so he can knock on people's heads still. <laughs> yeah, like he used to do with his actual fist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm trying to pay attention to all the little details around the background of shot. Like, there's the kids outside, and I think is it Biff's grandson or something coming through the yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Wilson's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He <laughs> starts hitting him again with the stick. Oh. <laughs> uh. Just looks, it just looks like the most fun you could ever have making a film. It really does. And I just love how confused Marty looks all the time. It's yeah. like this is his second time travelling through time and he's still shocked by everything. Oh, the wild gunman machine. Oh, my, uh, James, pay attention to the child uh, playing the wild gunman. Okay. On the left of shot. You know which child that is? Yeah. Uh, that is uh, Elijah Wood. No way! That is actually Elijah Wood as a child. Oh, bless him. You see him? Yeah. It's crazy. That is weird. Like a little nine-year, ten-year-old, well, even that, like eight-year-old Elijah Wood. You can see it, though, now you've told me. You can Mm. see it. That's so weird. Yeah, we'll be working to point out a lot of cameos as we go through this. Uh, So now we've got young... McFly, who is Marty McFly's son in the future, um, in the same jacket and get up that Marty is currently in, and Marty's hiding behind the bar now. <laughs> so good. They've made the, him look a little greasy and a little bit pathetic looking. Yeah. I love the sleeves on his jacket are just changing sizes all the time. Yeah, they're not working properly on his jacket, are they? It's great. Yeah, so this Marty is a bit of a drip like George McFly was. Yeah. And it's like skipped a generation. <laughs> I love the baseball cap with all the multicolours. So yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't funky. it? A friend yeah. of mine at uni had one of them. Uh, he was a massive Back to the Future fan. I think he had one. He bought one on- online. Nice. It's one of those where literally everything you see in this film's probably been made as a prop replica. Yeah. I mean, when I went to Universal Studios as a kid, they had the back lot, you know, the um, the Hill Valley Clock Tower and everything. It's a back lot, and you could walk around it and stuff. That's it pretty cool. cool. I don't think it's there anymore. I didn't see it last time I went, anyway. Like, they've knocked it all down. <laughs> I just love the look on his face when the Armati pops up. Yeah. Do you know what I've been paying attention to? All the little masks on the wall behind, um, behind Griff. I don't oh, know what yeah. they are. They're like, are they presidents or something? I can't really tell. Yeah. They're like can't. mounted on the wall behind Griff and his gang. That's funny. Right. <laughs> so Griff's going to hit him with the baseball bat. And he's missed. And now it's the same shot from Back to the Future 1 where yeah. Biff stands up really tall. <laughs> 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 they can't stop reminding you how tall he is. It's so funny. Yeah, because every beat in this chase sequence re- uh, is completely reminiscent of the first film when he does it yeah. in the 50s with the kids and the hoverboards. 
It's great. And old Biff's still there cleaning the car. You see the hoverboards made by Mattel. Get a yeah. bit of uh, product placement in there. <laughs> Did I tell you? I don't know if we talked about this in the last one, but um, uh, what's his name? Um, God, I'm going mad now. Uh, Zemeckis, the director, Robert Zemeckis, said yeah. that the hoverboard had been made years ago, but it was deemed unsafe. Um, oh, yeah. And when they made this film in the 80s, um, they Universal managed to get their hands on a bunch of the hoverboards that were still knocking around. Uh, so the ones that you see in the film are actually real hoverboards, and kids like genuinely went mad thinking oh. it was true that he had actually acquired the real hoverboards. <laughs> That's a cruel trick to play, it's isn't great, it? It's great, isn't kids? it, though? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they did make them, but they weren't safe, so uh, they just left them for Back to the Future, the film, and then they got rid of them. Brilliant. It still holds remember. up pretty well, I think. Visually, it's great, isn't it? It does. The... It works really well still. I don't find it too silly to watch. No. Considering the effects of today. Exactly. <clears throat> it broke his car. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't, yeah. And now he's on the little pond around the yeah. uh, shopping mall. They're not, they don't work on ponds. Right, I'm going to try and find us some more facts while we go through it. <laughs> oh, there is a fact that's interesting. There is a flying car that you see flying past the DeLorean in the future when they arrive, which is exact replica of the car made famous in Ridley Scott's film Blade Runner, where it flies over the shot at the beginning. Ah, so they did okay. pay homage to Blade Runner in this film. So there is a deliberate reference there. So when me and you were like, oh, it looks very Blade Runner, this. Yeah. Uh, that was deliberate. Brilliant. I love Biff's shoes with all the spikes and points on them. <laughs> yeah, they're wicked, aren't they? <laughs> and he, every time he moves, he sounds like Iron Man. His jacket's got all these mechanical noises. Yeah, he said he's got robotic implants to make him a bit tougher. Yeah, so the Biff's gang have missed Marty and then they fly into the clock tower. This looks a bit shady. I must admit, it looks a bit cheap, but yeah, yeah it still works. Uh, for the time, it's grand. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. So funny. <laughs> and Biff just said butthead. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I quite like. I think. I think this future actually looks a little bit more optimistic than what I would imagine the actual Hill Valley would look like if it were real now. True. I mean, obviously, it'd be in lockdown. That would be one reason it wouldn't look very good. But um, I don't know. I always think you either get a really, really beautiful view of the future, or you get a really bleak view of the future. There's never really like middle ground, is there, in films? No. I I love that his jacket self dries, but I also love that the voice sounds like a speak and spell. Yes, it does. It says. Dra jacket now dry. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is the bit where the Cubs win the World Series, um, <laughs> and Marty gets the idea of gambling on the uh, future. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, there is a um... right. Apparently. Back to the Future gave uh, the world Bill Nye the science guy. 
Oh. Uh, after the conclusion of the trilogy and Adventures of Doc Brown, Marty continued on Saturday mornings on CBS. Michael J. Fox didn't return for the animated series, but Chris Floyd, in the live-action scenes that bookended each episode, um, was in it, as well as Tom Wilson as the voice of Biff. In the live-action series, a technical advisor on the show named Bill Nye played Doc Brown's lab assistant. Uh, this eventually led to Nye getting his own TV show, in the animated segments, Doc Brown was voiced by Dan Castellanita, uh, who was one of the guys <laughs> from The Simpsons. Uh, and yeah, then it's, his show was a spin-off of the Back to the Future show. So apparently Bill Nye started with Doc Brown. That's mad, isn't it? That is mad. Right, I need to get my tally going again. I've seen four Pepsi product placement references so far. I'm just going to get a pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we, we do need to write, write these down. <laughs> I've had four Pepsi references so far. There's one behind Biff just then. <laughs> Biff is like walking around <laughs> outside the car. <laughs> right, hang on a minute. There was a... Um... Oh, I can't pause it because we're, we're running live, but... If you go back and look at the the newspaper that just changed, yeah, there is a bit in the top right hand corner that says Washington prepare uh, for Queen Diana's visit. <laughs> God, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's fucked weird. up. I've never seen that before. It's in the top right of USA Today. Did you see it? Yeah, it yeah, says Washington DC prepares for Queen Diana's visit. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, they got one thing wrong. Yeah, uh, that's a bit. Rubbish, they, they've isn't it? got they've got like police drones though. That's yeah. quite accurate. Yeah, I think so. I like Doc's shirt. He's <laughs> 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 getting told off for buying all the sports results. Yeah, you kind of would though, wouldn't you? It's the logical thing to do. I think I bought my brother a grey sports almanac for his birthday once because I found yeah. it on eBay. It was just funny, like a replica of it. Brilliant. Right, they found Jennifer. <laughs> I just love the great Scott line. It's brilliant. Yeah, he said he used her thumbprint to check her ID, which is basically what you do with Touch ID now. Yeah. And you could check your details on someone's phone. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So, <laughs> so I, I like the fact that they just left her in a back alley, assuming no one would find her, but the yeah. police are the f- first people that come across her. <laughs> well, even if someone else had come across her, they'd have called the police, wouldn't they? And be like, I've just found a yeah. woman and she's not waking up. Uh, or they'd call an ambulance at the very least, wouldn't they? Yeah, actually, you'd think an ambulance would be the first people rather yeah. than the police. Right. So Doc's given Marty the premonition of what's to come if they mess things up in time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that he says, granted, that's a worst-case scenario. <laughs> Trying to soften the blow a bit. 
Okay. I still think these CGI effects stand up. They're, They're not bad, good. are they? Right, what are you looking at right now? Biff. So, no, they're talking about the Skyway being jammed. How are you behind me again? I don't know. I'm going to pause I... for it to catch up. I'm literally, Biff's just picked up the almanac from the bin. Tell me when yeah, Biff so picks up the almanac. He's just done that now. He's just done that now. Sound. Yeah. We've got the, the, time the... dilation again. Yeah, this is... I thought I'd figure this out, folks, for those watching along at home. I thought maybe my version just had a bit of extra space at the front of the film. But maybe not. I don't know. It's weird. We, we are watching the same film. It feels like you. your version lingers on shots longer than mine does. Maybe, yeah. You know, like when you cut a film and you just have like an extra two seconds of a shot and then you cut to the next shot. It feels like maybe you're getting the extra two seconds of each shot that I'm not getting for whatever reason. I you'd think that was impossible, that... wouldn't you? You would do, you would do, but apparently, apparently not. Right, the so, uh, the door lock mechanism is sponsored by AT&T. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> right, now they're in the house. Oh, you see your smart home? She said lights on, lights came on. That happens now. Yes, it does. I mean, not in my house, because I don't believe in that, but, you know, in some people's houses. <laughs> I don't believe in that. No, it really Look, does James, exist, James. There's nothing wrong with just turning on a light switch. <laughs> the scenery channel. I love that. I love the idea of a scenery channel instead of windows. Yeah, isn't the scenery channel's broken though, isn't it? It's flickering. Yeah. Chapel of Love, Marty and Jennifer. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, the girl coming down the stairs um, is is actually Marty in drag. <laughs> uh, Michael J. Fox dressed up as a woman, which we'll see in a second. Which is brilliant. It, they, they must have had so much fun doing this. Yeah. <laughs> right, this is the interesting bit. So this is another actor doing an impression of Crispin Glover wearing a Crispin Glover mask. Um, Weird. Yeah. Do you know about this? We talked about this last time, I think, didn't we? Yeah. So Crispin Glover is not in Back to the Future 2 or 3. However, he is credited as being in Back to the Future 2 for that scene, which is not him. It is an actor wearing his face. <laughs> This is very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and this started a lawsuit where Crispin Glover sued the studio for the rights to his face, which they they used without his permission, which was the first case to be won, where an actor sued a production company for using his face without permission. Is in likeness. And that's where all the likeness, um, uh, you know, all the property, the license of property and faces comes from now, from that. That's amazing, because now mm-hmm. it's it's obviously a minefield. You can have people fully recreated, can't you? Without even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like your so... Grand Moff Tarkin and your Princess Leia in Rogue One, um, obviously if they'd used Carrie Fisher's face without her family's permission, that would be, they'd be able to sue them for it. Yeah. Which you couldn't do before Back to the Future 2, apparently. Interesting. It's That's crazy. Cool. So yeah. weird. And it's just such a weird thing. Why dress the actor up to look like Crispin Glover, even though Crispin Glover clearly didn't want to be in the film? 
Like they didn't do that with Jennifer. So why no, did they do no. that with Crispin Glover? It makes no sense. <laughs> maybe they thought he was too recognisable, but Jennifer people would just forget. Yeah, maybe. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't understand that. I do love... I wonder if it's the same dog. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder, yeah. If Doc's dog is the same. It's a different, a different Einstein in this one. Um, and the old Einsteins actually sued Universal for uh, <laughs> breaching his likeness, using his likeness on the uh, on the film. He's uh, living his days out in a Malibu mansion somewhere. I hope he did. I mean, that dog is definitely dead now, either way. So yeah, I hope that that dog is it had a good end of life. Definitely. Oh, I love the flying taxi as well. That's that's nice. Yeah. So this bit in the kitchen is the important bit where where Lorraine tells the daughter, the granddaughter, that um, that Marty had an accident which stopped him from doing his music and it kind of screwed up everything in his life. And it's because yeah. he was dared to do something by another boy, which we see later. I think we don't see it to the <laughs> third one. But this idea that Marty can't back down to anyone when they call him chicken. Yeah. So funny. I love that he's watching multiple channels all at once. Yeah, that happens now as well. Yeah. Right, this is Michael J. Fox looking more like what Michael J. Fox looks like now. <laughs> Note as well that Marty's wearing two ties to work. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what, how things work in the future. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's just really funny. <laughs> Everything, like, I just like to look at all the little mise-en-scene bits of the background. You see this dog being walked by its own lead. Have you got there yet? Yeah. I, he's just getting out of the DeLorean. Right, okay, I'm going to pause it because I'm ahead of you again. God knows how. This is so weird, isn't it? I don't know how this is happening. No, I don't understand either. Are you, can you see the dog Wait, yet? I'm now seeing it's the like dog. It's like a greyhound being walked by its own lead. Like drone, yeah. <laughs> That's so hey, good. there's an idea for you. Yeah. We wouldn't if it's wet and rainy. <laughs> my, my, my dog sees a, a squirrel or a cat. I don't think any drone would be able to stop her. <laughs> uh, right, old Biff is now climbing into the DeLorean. You with me? Yeah. Audience at home, I hope you've got the same version as me, which is a DVD version. If you've got James's version, I apologise for the fact that you have to keep pausing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair... Now you've paused yours. People are going to have to watch my version anyway. Well, they will, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as they, uh, as we talk about it after the event as opposed to before yeah. the event. Right, Lorraine... I love the little mini pizza. Yeah, <laughs> just about to say, Lorraine's put a pizza hut pizza into a Black & Decker hydrator. <laughs> and then, like, I love tense... the idea of Black & Decker being a kitchen utensil as well. Yeah, is that a thing? I didn't even know if that was a thing in the 80s, was it? I don't know. I love that that's how they cook tea. They just put the pizza in the hydrator. Yeah. It's funny. And <laughs> Marty's kid's basically wearing Google Glass. Yeah. They're JVC glasses. Yeah. There's something behind Marty called a master cook. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Oh. 
Do you know what though? Massive television that's a smart TV on the chimney breast in the in the back room. That's pretty spot on, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's most people's experience now, isn't it? Like especially doing like he's doing a Zoom call with needles, which is exactly what we've all been doing during lockdown. Yeah, they they weren't they weren't wrong, were they? <laughs> It's odd, isn't it? Because imagine watching this in in, in the 1980s. We didn't have flat TVs that were that big on walls. That just wasn't a thing in the 80s. We had those massive big back big back TVs. In fact, trying to think, I think I I was selling the TVs with the massive backs up until like 2008 when I was at John Lewis, 2010. Yeah, they didn't really go for the thin TV till sort of post 2010, did they? No, no. So this was well ahead. Yeah. And you can't imagine those massive TVs with the big backs being in houses. They were just no. so inconvenient, weren't they? How massive they were. They took up so much space. <laughs> they took up so much space. And the, the actual screen size wasn't yeah. that big. It was lots of bezel, wasn't it? Did you notice when um, Needles, uh, played by the wonderful uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it says uh, things that he likes, uh, scotch and beer at the bottom of his, of his things that he likes on the yeah. screen. So it was funny. <laughs> Right. Slightly racist representation here, but it's fine. This <laughs> uh, says dislikes beer and Mexican food. <laughs> and I can't see the rest. <laughs> so, Marty gets the your fired facts to every single fax machine in the house, which again is funny because it's a fax machine. Yeah. Oh, no emails. They hadn't conceived of emails, but fax machines the way of the future. It is weird, isn't it? Like, when you're in the 80s, you imagine that a fax seems like a really good idea because we still use mail, and we still use mail now. Like, we yeah. still send letters and shit. So the fax doesn't seem perverse at all, does it? It seems like the most logical next step. But we did kind of bypass the fax, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess oh, it's a little bit... guitar. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit like, remember Minidisc? We went oh, from CD I, to mini disc, and then we just sort of it didn't take off. We just bypassed mini disc and went straight to MP3. Yeah, I miss mini disc. I had a mini disc player. Yeah. I loved it. I remember yeah. going into like HMV and, and Virgin Megastores, and they had a whole section of mini discs that you could buy, <laughs> but they were always sort of three or four times the price of a CD. So it was cheaper to buy a blank mini disc and, and the CD you yourself. wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember one of my mates at college saying the same thing actually. <laughs> right okay um, so Doc and Marty are now trying to get Jennifer out of the house yeah Biff's just arrived back with the DeLorean and crashed it into the wall basically and <laughs> lost half his cane <laughs> look at that dog Oh, he's lovely has he got three legs? Um, He's running like a dog that's got three legs. Do you know when they like run yeah. and the back hops? I can't tell. I, I couldn't see. I, I can't see either. That is a, a good point. Do you know what I mean? You know how they replaced this actor for Jennifer? She spent half the film unconscious. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It could have been anybody, yeah. couldn't it? <laughs> it's exactly what I said to you earlier. What they did with her is they just thought, we'll change her out, but then because we don't want her in the film, we'll just make her unconscious. Yeah.
<laughs> and then he just throws the plastic containers for things into the fuel as well. Yeah. He just made a reference there saying that he's going to study the other mystery of the universe, women. Yeah. Next, which I think is a little bit close to the bone. I don't know if I would think that's very nice for a kid's film, but uh, it's it's the 80s, James. It's fine. You can say stuff like that in the 80s. Yeah, apparently you can say anything you want. Yeah. Right, there's a a jet plane just gone overhead, and I need to go and see where my facts are. Um, In early drafts of Back to the Future 2... Marty actually travels back to 1967 as the Vietnam War divides the whole country. Marty is arrested because he doesn't have a draft card um, and he says, hey, he could have joined the Navy or the Coast Guard as we know he had the jacket for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh- <clears throat> I love that the whole plan is that they hope she'll just forget what happened or think it was a dream. Yeah, and they just left her on the porch. They're now back in the 80s, aren't they? Yeah. But it's not the same 80s that we know. It's a shit version of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a pack oh. of dogs just running after the DeLorean there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's all over. He's going to dismantle the DeLorean. Yeah. Little do they know. I mean, it'd be a great film if that's the end. Just cut now. Where it's done. Cue credits. Yeah, it's like they had a fun adventure in the future, but now everything's cool again. Right, Marty's house is all locked up, and it's got a bolt, uh, a padlock on the old gate, and he's yeah. all like, "What? What's going on?" I mean, padlock on the gate, but the windows are left open at night. Well, you know, it's America. You can't be. You're so secure. You still have to allow for certain break-ins. It's <laughs> 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 just getting screamed at in the face. <laughs> Couldn't be more inappropriate. Freeze, sucker! <laughs> I like all the MJ posters on the wall, though. They're kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> Right, okay. So everything on that estate is for sale apart from uh, obviously this man's family's house because you yeah. can see all the for sale signs everywhere. Uh, there's lots of burnt out cars. The, uh, there's a police a, car that's crashed. Yeah, the, it, it, it really body, looks like it. a body mark on the floor, which looks like yeah. a cartoon body. It doesn't even look like a real body. Like I know that they're going for it's a bit of a joke, but if you're going to draw yeah. the chalk outline of a body, at least make it look more like a body and not a gingerbread man. <laughs> it looks like a gingerbread man. It's like a gingerbread man and Morph had a fight <laughs> to yeah. the death. Yeah, Morph died here and we're chalk outlining him. Oh, that's so cheap. I love that the police cars are driving so close together as well. <laughs> right. Marty's now on a porch... Are you in sync with me now still? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's picking up a newspaper on the porch. It's always newspapers, remember? That's how you find out what year it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what the hell are they going to do in the future when there's no newspapers? 
<laughs> they're going to pick up a tablet and hope they've got a good Wi-Fi connection so the time's in sync. Yeah. Uh, it's Mr. Strickland. <laughs> Who never ages. No. <laughs> you look like a slacker. <laughs> That's wicked. Strickland's house is just being shot up. <laughs> oh, God, it's so weird. It's all gone from being, like, a, a Blade Runner pastiche to yeah. sort of, this is what the Terminator would be like just before Judgment Day or just after it, rather. <laughs> Strickland shouts, eat lead slackers, <laughs> as he runs down the street. Uh... Is that the mayor again? Yes, it's the, the homeless man who was the mayor of Hill Valley uh, in the 50s. Brilliant. Yeah, which we discovered in the last episode, didn't we? And yeah. I'd never seen that before either. Um, and now Biff's made a giant casino skyscraper in the middle of Hill Valley. So And funny. there's loads of Hell's Angels everywhere. And there's like lots of flaming chimneys behind it as well. It's like a really industrial, yeah. sort of end of the world kind of thing. It's, it's so good. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? Like the set design alone is just unbelievably good. It's so good, and the, I love the sign. Just says "Welcome bikers." Yeah, <laughs> generic. Then, uh, there's a there's a thing that says "exotic sex goddesses," and then there's a sign that says "straight from Bangkok," <laughs> which I also thought was really funny. Oh, so weird! It's right next to the toxic waste plants as well. Again, we talk about future predictions. Um, I'm just going to put it out there, James. Donald Trump. Yeah, looks a lot like what he would do. Is this not Donald Trump? Like, honestly, look at it. Look at Biff. Yeah. Look at the, the idea of Biff. Look at the casino, the building, the the way it's all been illustrated. It's just yeah. Donald Trump's presidency, isn't it? It really is. Well, I mean, Donald Trump ran casinos very badly, apparently, but yeah. he used to run casinos. This is it. This is the start of Donald Trump's presidency. Maybe Donald stole the DeLorean, went back in time, and gave it to the young Donald. Maybe. Maybe we're in the... this reality. Yeah. I uh, this is how you realise what's happened, that Biff's gone back with the sports results. Yes, and That's and how he's won. become a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Biffco. <laughs> Biffco. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this bit where Biff says "God bless America" on the uh, newscast—it just screams Donald. Yeah, I can't actually get over it. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, like they really have. This <laughs> is so good. Like they really did nail the future. If only they knew when they were making this. Yeah. Plenty of people had predicted Donald Trump's presidency there, hadn't they? Like, um, I think Michael Moore did to an extent as well. Yeah. Was that the... That was the same gang, wasn't it, that Biff had in the... Yeah, with uh, Billy, uh, Billy Zane in it. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, he was there on the left. Right, so this is another scene reminiscent of Back to the Future 1, where Marty mate wakes up in Lorraine's bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's on the 27th floor instead of being at home. Oh, the good old 27th floor. <laughs> yeah. And his mum has got big boobs, uh, a lot of, she looks a little bit rough around the edges, and her hair's all big. Yeah. And she's wearing sequins. So 80s. Yeah, it is. It's very, very funny. (laughs) Why is Marty supposed to be in Switzerland? (laughs) What does that mean? I have no idea. Right, Lorraine's drunk and she's staggering all over the place. Um, and Biff obviously holds power over Lorraine, which is the money. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so George McFly has been alive in this universe, but he is no longer alive. I just thought that you called him a butthead. That was the the worst insult he could think of. Yeah. Better than being a little butthead. I love that. I like how they've aged uh, Tom Wilson as well in the 80s. How he yeah. looks like... Well, he just looks like Donald Trump, let's be honest. But um, yeah. it's, it's a really good job. It's so good. <clears throat> <laughs> I love that arguing over her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a back, um, you can have them. His door handles on his door behind Lorraine look like boobs as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's deliberate or not, or if that's some sort of Freudian slip. But uh, <laughs> if you have a look in a moment, um, the door to the left of where Biff's walking. Yeah. At the top of the balcony, it looks just like a boob. I don't know if, what, if that's deliberate. It's very odd. I just noticed it in the last shot. And in the back of the shot, there's slot machines. Yes, on, there are. In, their, in the background. In their, yeah, in their sort of suite. <laughs> Why it's are they there? Brilliant. You've got a, a whole casino downstairs. Yeah. You've got to have a few extra slot machines, haven't you, in the house? Why not? <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, it's so strange. It's such a funny sequence. It does move at a fair pace, this film, doesn't it? It's a lot quicker, I think, than the first one. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have much time for pause at any moment. I remember thinking the third one's a little bit more stretched out. Yeah, I think they... They have to do a lot more with less with the third one, don't they? There's not as much of a story. They, yeah. They probably, have the, they probably had those iconic shots planned out and they just filled in in between. Yeah, because in the third feels... one, they're, they're trapped in the 1800s, aren't they? So it's a lot more of a slower pace in terms of yeah. they can't go anywhere. Whereas in this one, they've already been uh, to the future and back again already. Yeah. And done an adventure, like a starter adventure. <laughs> Marty's just stumbling around the graveyard though. Yeah. Right, I'll find some more facts in a minute. 
else have I got on here? I like that Oak Park is just at the edge of wherever this industrial complex that Biff <laughs> yeah. has built is. <laughs> and it seems like everything behind Marty's on fire of some description. Apparently, um, apparently Bob Gale wrote a Back to the Future story um, comic book, including a story that detailed the first meeting of Marty and Doc Brown, yeah. uh, which was released on the Back to the Future 2-centric date of t- October 21st, 2015, so the day where that takes place. It came out in 2015. Um, he's also responsible for Back to the Future, Biff to the Future, which details Biff's sports almanac-fueled rise to power. Uh, as he when he wields it, so all the bits that we basically missed in this film, uh, Bob Gale's written a backstory for it. Apparently, <clears throat> it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's awesome. I mean, it's not quite the same scale as say something like Star Wars, but it really builds that cult following, I guess, doesn't it? Oh, huge cult following! So it, it's got all that attention to detail, and it just makes that everything yeah. feel a bit more you know connected in that way, which I think is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you even just look now, um, I think it was advertised on Smith's Toys website. They've just released a Back to the Future um, Playmobil DeLorean. Nice. Like, just for, I guess it's for kids, but it's not really for kids, is it? Because kids aren't as interested. But it's basically for adults that grew up with Playmobil like us. They've now released a Playmobil version of Back to the Future's DeLorean with Doc Brown, Marty and the dog, and it all lights up and stuff. looks brilliant. That's brilliant. That is so cool. Honestly, if you get a chance, go on YouTube or on Amazon, have a look at it. It's hilarious. Um, but they're just, yeah. It's this. I think the love of this franchise is still alive. It's. I don't think it's ever going to go away any, any anytime soon. No, no, definitely not. And I think as well because they're not capitalising on it. Like it's not one of those things where, like Star Wars, they've done it to death. Like even if you loved Star Wars, which I do, I love the original three. Um, I think they're brilliant films. But you cannot, you can't deny that over the last twenty years they've done Star Wars to death to a point where. It's not even about the same story anymore. It's completely lost all of its, like, the thing that made it special. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it's overexposure. Up. Yeah. Yeah, this way we've just got the original three Yeah, and films. it can't be touched because apparently it's Zemeckis won't give up the rights. And that's the only reason why they haven't been able to make another one. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's stuck to his guns on this, hasn't he? Definitely. It's great. I love the way they're explaining time in this scene. It's just insane. <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> well, don't. I tried to explain it to my missus once. I think I had to use the YouTube video of this scene to explain how parallel realities work. <laughs> oh, dear. That's funny. Yeah, so Marty realises that the almanac that he bought is the reason that everything's gone to shit in the present. The MacGuffin reveal. <laughs> he says, yeah, don't worry, Marty, it's all in the past. Don't you mean the future? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so we have found the... Uh, yeah, so Marty's watching the paper and uh, in the 80s. Obviously, Marty has caused this by, by Biff getting the almanac and taking it back. Yeah. So we've figured out the plot, and now it's the plot is to change the future. That's about right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I'm just looking for any more Diana references in this paper. Yeah, just in case. Oh, if we had that, gave me chills. Yeah, so they've got to find out how Biff got the almanac. Oh, this bit where he's watching the um, the, the Western film. Yeah. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, right? And with Clint Eastwood doing his um, bit. Yeah. This is in reference to what's going to happen in the third one. Yeah. Because Marty has the uh, shield underneath his poncho. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's and Donald, good... Donald Biff is in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I like that Biff's built a hot tub into his living room. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and with all the dials behind him, I wonder what they all control. Yeah, I was wondering that. It must be telly or, or aircon, I don't know. Right, you see the boobs on the door handles? Can you see them now? Oh, God, yeah. They're like brass boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's might be so a good weird. episode title. Back to the brass boobs. Back to the brass boobs, indeed. Uh, I like that Biff's desk is all made of leopard print and it's got like a dollar sign just sitting on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Trump. I can't. Yeah. I can't not see Trump now. It is. It's. I bet this is what Donald Trump's office looks like in yeah, Trump Tower. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think so. The giant <laughs> safe behind the painting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now he's um, talking about what happened in Back to the Future 1. So yeah. It kind of bridges the films together quite nicely, this. So funny. like they Revealing what Marty knows about the past here. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And now Biff's revealing how he got the sports almanac. Because um, yeah. he can't resist showing off. <laughs> he didn't see any resemblance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. An old man. I showed up. I didn't see any resemblance. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. And I love the almanacs in a safe. In a safe. <laughs> yeah. Can't be any more in safe. A, in a plastic wallet. I'm gonna try and find some more trivia as we go through. Um, <laughs> IMDb looks like it might have some. Have a look. Apparently, there's a uh, when they released the 30th anniversary of the films in 2015, um, Christopher Lloyd filmed a video playing Doc saying that he taped this message explaining that he traveled to the 2040s in a rebuilt DeLorean and discovered that inventions such as a hoverboard and hydrated food will cause people to become massively overweight. Uh, and even worse, simultaneously glitching every nuclear misdiffusion device on the planet will cause a nuclear holocaust that decimates the entire world's population. So he's travelled back in time, subsequently prevented these devices from being invented, which is why in 2015, they did not happen. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. That's brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. 
I like all of Biff's ashtrays in the corridor. Yeah. <coughs> I love how it's such a bad shot even here. <laughs> yeah. How do these stairs work? <laughs> I'm confused. It makes no sense, does it? No, they can't go... Can they go that way and then go the other way? Does, this, does it work like that? I guess they're the that's the end of the stairwell, isn't it? And then the yeah. stairs go to the roof. So I guess it does work like that. This is getting very diehard now. Yeah, it's referencing so many different films. It's brilliant. Yeah, just reminds you of Nakatomi Plaza now. Right. How's your recording device going? It's it's good. Still going. <laughs> We're going to have to figure out where my audio uh, I can split it so that my audio stops. Well, if you if you send Cuz I'm me... having a conversation with nobody. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you no, if you still send me that, I'll see if I yeah, can rescue anything from the file that it's got. There. It says it can't play it here, but I might be able to sort it out. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Uh, we'll have a look. We'll we'll see. There's Marty on top of the DeLorean. I love that shot where he's on the DeLorean. It's been ripped yeah. off so many times in different films. Yeah. Because he's got that whole sort of Christopher Reeve Superman pose on, hasn't he, on the way up? Yeah. Yeah. It's Didn't yeah, reference to Superman. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And they're off. And they've got to go back to 1955. And they don't believe it. They didn't <laughs> read the script. Says that. <laughs> Doc, you're not going to believe this. We've got to go back to 1955. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Doc says about the uh, 1955 being the centre of all time, but it could be a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see when the time circuits were glitching? Yeah. They're glitching 1855, 1855, or yeah. 1885, sorry. That's clever. It's, I, they, they've got so much built into this film, haven't they, that's going to predict yeah. the next one. It's, it's very cool. Yeah, I would say, because they were one film, ultimately, that was split across two movies, because they were going to make it as one giant film, but it was going to be too long. Yeah. Which is why this one's only, what, hour 45? Yeah. Uh, and then the next one's about the same. But they're just shy of two hour films each. Um, and they've obviously knocked them down a bit to try and uh, get in with that, that running time. But nowadays, Hollywood doesn't care about three and a half hour films, does it? No. No, you can do whatever you want these days. That last Avengers film was over three hours, wasn't it? Yeah. And the last Star Wars film was three hours. It definitely could have been an hour and a half. <laughs> or, or not made. They could have just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the bit where it gets strange. So if Biff doesn't think he succeeded in giving young Biff the almanac, then old Biff won't go back and give them the DeLorean back. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. weird, isn't it? Yeah. This is a bit where it breaks your head. But it's good that they thought of all this. Yeah. That's, that's clever writing. That's really good writing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so this is basically the bit where this film goes over the ground of the first film, um, 
from a different perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and Doc's just running up and down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. He's got all the cash from all the different uh, times. I love that he's been rejuvenated to be a younger version of himself, but he still now looks older than the younger Doc that was here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something inconspicuous. He's wearing his uh, Blues Brothers outfit. Yeah. That's another great reference. Have you seen Biff come out of the door yet? Trying to figure out if you're in sync with me. Yeah, he's just come out now. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, these kids. Yeah. He's such an arse, isn't he? Yeah. He's so good at it as well. He is incredibly tall, Tom Wilson, isn't he? I don't think you realise you see those long shots of him there with the kids. He's like seven foot, isn't he? He's, He's massive. massive. He is. And now we go to the reference. Yeah, so this is now after Biff's just crashed his car into the dung and now he's got it cleaned up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's great. I love Stealth Marty just <laughs> following Just him. hiding behind the cars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He says, that's bullshit, Terry. He goes, no, Biff, it was horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good line. So good. And old Biff as well, just giggling away behind a tree. Behind the tree, yeah. It's such a wonderful shot, this, with Marty sneaking in and and old Biff behind the tree. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) I don't get how hiding under a cover works in any film, but it always seems to work. Yeah. Also, like, what was under that cover before Biff got to the car? Because I think the car had just been cleaned and rebuilt. Yeah. Now, Biff is now running after Lorraine. Because <laughs> obviously that's the dress from the first film, isn't it? Yeah, the dress she wears to the uh, Enchantment Under the Sea dance. And it, there's a reference on the um, Biff and the Rangers walk past a lamppost that said Enchantment Under the Sea dance on it. Yeah. Again, <laughs> just really clever uh, filming Just and wonderfully writing. well made. Yeah, wonderfully well made. All the little bits. The Calvin Klein reference. Yeah. I wonder how many times Tom Wilson got nailed or hit like by something in these films. I'd love to find a tally of that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like every time he gets hit by Lorraine, he gets hit by a car door, he gets hit by Marty, he gets hit by the truck. <laughs> I 
I love I love these bits with old Biff and young Biff. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what the hell are you doing in my car, old man? So funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. There's another reference. If you look at the clock tower in um, 2015, when when we were in the future. Yeah, uh, the ledge is the ledge is still broken from where Doc broke it off in the eighties, and uh, he was hanging off the clock. You remember? Yeah. So apparently, there's still a big chunk missing from it. <laughs> That's a cool fact. I like that one. <laughs> Marty's just behind the two biffs. <laughs> yeah. I remember being really baffled by how this was made when I was a kid. Yeah. Because you can even see, obviously, they've made it so that the reflections of both Biffs are reflected in the bonnet of the car. Yeah. It's that Um, break in the windscreen, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a bit in the windscreen where there's a bar and it just makes it easy for them to sync that up. Yeah. (laughs) It's really clever. You sound like a just, damn I, fool when you say it wrong. Yeah, this is the thing. I want to do this watch-along with you and the audience, but I'm finding it really hard not to watch this bit of the film because I enjoy it so much. It's great. Oh, it's wicked. It's absolutely amazing. And this is where he's listening to the um, listening to the, the, the game. Yeah. Oh, what was this bit? Oh, here's a cool fact. Yeah? Uh, the Professor Carl Sagan considered this the greatest time travel movie ever made. He praised the accuracy in handling the multiple timelines um, as what would really happen if time travel were possible. In Back to the Future, the game, Carl Sagan is an alias name used by Doc Brown when visiting Hill Valley in the 30s. Nice. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's great. So they invent Carl Sagan. That's <laughs> brilliant. I love that he almost gets the almanac there when it's get he gets thrown in the back of the car and Marty's like, oh, I can yeah. take that. And then he picks it up again. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when he tells Biff, old Biff tells young Biff that Doc and Marty might come after him uh, and if they do, don't give them the almanac. Because <laughs> he knows that they, they can try and travel. Old Biff's pretty clever, though, isn't he? To say yeah. that he managed to do all this. Like, we, we think of Biff as an absolute moron in the first film and most of the second film, but actually Biff's pretty clever. Yeah, cause, and it all stems from him seeing the DeLorean fly, doesn't it, at the beginning? Yes, he sees it fly in the 80s when he's yeah running outside with the, um, the cards. And he's like, whoa, what's that doing? And he doesn't understand it until he sees it as an old man. Which is really clever. It's a really clever way of linking the films together. Yeah. Carl Sagan probably right. It is very good. Like you said, the thought and detail that went into Biff seeing the DeLorean and then old Biff seeing the DeLorean and putting two and two together, that that's the same two people that can time travel. Yeah. It's <coughs> genius. It really is. And now Marty's stuck in Biff's garage. He's <laughs> back in the car now. Right, so Biff's going to the dance with the almanac. 
I like a film with a decent MacGuffin, though, don't you? Like, oh, I like yeah. the idea. I think The Almanac's one of those ultimate sci-fi comedy film, like, I don't know. It's just one of those MacGuffins that will never, ever be be forgotten that you have to spend the whole second part of this film going after a sports magazine. Yeah. It's, it's really clever. Yeah. It's, it's a very simple MacGuffin. It's not, you know, and it... It has a very obvious origin, whereas some MacGuffins is like, oh, this has just yeah. been invented for this film to make sense. But this is, yeah. you know, he this finds is adding it in another the layer onto yeah. the film, yeah. And now you get to see it all the whole night that Marty's at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. We get to see that from the other perspective of the the, the new Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the feedback from the radio makes Biff turn around just in time to not see Marty as well, which is Yeah, good. it's great. And then there's Doc Brown watching himself putting up the equipment to get Marty back to the future in the first film. Yeah. <laughs> to hide, he just ducks, not behind anything, he just ducks walking with yeah. his bike. Around the DeLorean that's on a truck. <laughs> he puts his current bike next to his old bike yeah and Dark is now behind him in the background yeah <laughs> this is brilliant it's great I'm trying to work out how they're doing this scene because they are... It's the lamppost. Yeah, but they are changing focus between the two docks. It's an editing trick, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because even their shadows fall on the lamppost um, and the lamppost is perfectly in the centre of the shot. But you're right. They're moving both shots at the same time now. It's weird, isn't it? Very, very clever. Because the bit where current dock was way in front of past Doc, and they've yeah. racked focus back to past Doc. That yeah. was very, very clever. It is clever. It's a really clever editing trick. And even in this shot, you've got Doc getting on the bike, but presumably that's an, an actor in a Doc wig getting yeah. on a bike. I, that's the only thing I could possibly think of. But it, it, it does, it holds up really well, doesn't it? Yeah. So good. Ah, oh, I like that. And that that was just a really innocuous scene. Not much is revealed, but the actual technique behind making that scene yeah. work is insane. Yeah, you can really imagine how much thought went into having to have two Christopher Lloyds in the same shot. They have to have two Martys in the same shot, two Biffs in the same shot. I do like this one because I like. I think as I've got older, I like the complex the complexity of the fact that this is a film within the last film that's happening behind the last film so when you go back and watch Back to Future 1 you're almost like looking to see if you can see Marty from Back to Future 2 in the background somewhere and obviously yeah. you can't because um, they didn't film it like that but I don't know You know, it must have been odd when they went back and filmed this bit of the film with the band playing because they've already done it you know what I mean yeah. they filmed it the year or two before and now they're watching it again 
from a different perspective. So so tricky. And is this the, the bits where you see George McFly? And this is this the original actor, or is it the mask again? Um, yeah. So as far as I'm aware, this is all archive footage from Back to Future One, right. the one when you see Crispin Glover. Yeah. And yes, it is Crispin Glover. But no, Crispin Glover hadn't given them permission to use that likeness. Ah, yeah. So, so even though they own the footage, they're not allowed to use him in the film without his permission. Yeah. I love that Marty's having to use binoculars in what is basically a gym <laughs> in a school. Yeah. <laughs> it's across, yeah, he's across the room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happens when Crispin Glover hits Biff then. It must be a... Uh, it must be somewhere mask or... It must be an extra, like a, sorry, like a uh, like a background artist, uh, yeah, a double, a stunt double. And it's odd; I can't fathom it at all. I like all the fifties cars parked outside the school. Though, pretty yeah, cool. I mean, imagine if everyone could drive with me and you were at school. It just doesn't really do that in the UK, does it? Like, no. When you were at, when we were at sixth form or college, whatever, there might have been one kid that drove, but other than that, there wasn't. It wasn't a thing, was it? No, it wasn't. And like in American school films, every kid drives and every kid has a car. It's really strange. It is, isn't it? And it, it's, it's obviously just a big the norm story. in America. Yeah, it's yeah. a big story point that there's always that one kid that doesn't have the cool car and he's the one that gets bullied and yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, Transformers do it, don't they, with him buying the, the robot car. And he's like, it's the a, robot it's a car. <laughs> this is the big yellow robot car that's all beat up and then it becomes yeah. a really good car halfway through the film. I do love Stealth Marty and how hopeful yeah. he is. Like, how does his arm reach up that much from where he was? <laughs> I don't know. And so Strickland's got the almanac. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Strickland's not afraid of Biff, even though he's three times the size of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that he's the teacher and Biff's the student, but Biff looks like he looks about 30. So he's not, a, he's clearly not a high school student, is he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just think, God, I mean, I remember when I was at school in year 11, some of the lads in my year 11 uh, were like bodybuilders. They were all ripped and had beards. Some kids just bloomed, didn't they? Like yeah. quicker than other kids. Um, but they didn't look like Tom Wilson. They weren't that big. I, I love the the tradition of h- hiring actors that definitely don't look their age in the film. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this like, is the thing they struggled with with Harry Potter in that they'd left it too late between a couple of the films. So, like, by the time we get to the film where they're supposed to be 17, they're all about 24. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's weird. Right, so Strickland's now got the almanac. Yeah. And he's just drinking alcohol and on the job. Is he drinking alcohol? Yeah, he's pouring alcohol into his coffee, I think. I didn't see that. I must have missed that bit. I thought, oh, yeah, he is, because he's, yeah, he is. He's drinking scotch or something. You can see his face. He's like, this is so funny. Yeah. Right, now Marty's going to grab the almanac. Yep. And the door swung shut. I love how he's just carefully moving all the flags away. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, yeah, I like how Strickland's being sneaky with the alcohol and Marty's being sneaky in the office. 
Yeah. Oops, sorry, my screensaver's come on and paused the film. That's helpful. We're not having a very good day of technology today, no. are we? <laughs> I think mine's probably been the worst. <laughs> we can deal with the screensaver. The only benefit of today doing the watch-along is that I have a comfy office chair now. Oh. Um, which, remember when we were doing our old podcasts, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I've got a basically like a sore backbone because of the chair that James and I do the podcast in. So I, I've been sat in this uncomfortable, crappy little chair for months and months and months. And now I've finally upgraded. So my back isn't shot anymore. Well, that's definitely a, a plus. I know. Oops. Sorry about that. I just dropped you. <laughs> well, Marty's, right, just you had, Marty's just had his hand crushed by yes. the chair. Has Strickland left yet? He's in your video? just leaving now, yeah. He, Throws the almanac in the bin. So after so, all that effort <laughs> of trying to sneak around the office, <laughs> it was just in the bin anyway. Yeah, Marty's just grabbed the almanac. Um, and there's and it's stuff his... missing. Oh, it's not even the almanac. It's, it's ooh la Oh, no. It's a porno mag from the 50s, which isn't really a porno mag compared to the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they still make porno mags. They must do. Still, I don't know. If anyone buys porno mags, get in touch with the show at Do The Franchise. I'd really like to know. <laughs> You're going to get some very weird emails. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> right, so this is the Crispin Glover bit happening behind Marty. Yeah. And again, I don't know if we're watching Crispin Glover or if we're just watching. I'm guessing it'll be an extra. It's got to be, hasn't it? Or it might just be, again, a man in a Crispin Glover mask, which was the weird thing from what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> it's so strange. I love it. As the film progresses, Marty gets just as excited about the events going on as Doc does. Yeah. Yeah, now Marty's run out to see what's going on. Yeah. And he's seeing it all again from the different perspective. This is, yeah, it is clever. It's so clever. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's like a pivotal scene in the last one. Yeah, it's weird. This soundtrack, I know I keep saying it, but it's so good. It's so good, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's, there's many of my friends, my brother as well, like it's been a fan favourite trilogy. I think it's my brother's favourite film trilogy of all of them. Um, just because it is just so perfectly made. <laughs> the guy <laughs> says to Marty, what CPR? He just hits Biff. <laughs> <sighs> That's great. He just took that guy's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I think he took his wallet. <laughs> right, Marty's now off yeah. with the almanac. I know he hasn't got the almanac, has he yet? Has he got the almanac? Yeah, he, he did it just after he well, punched Biff. Yeah, he, he, he grabbed it from Biff, didn't he? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, of course he did. And that's what he thought he took his wallet. Yeah. Oh, and the DeLorean's got all messed up because it hit the sign. The DeLorean really isn't that <laughs> robust. <laughs> no, we, we've learned this, haven't we? That it's the least reliable car ever made. So 
definitely not worth having as a as a time machine. Get a Volvo. A Volvo would have been perfect. Might not have looked as futuristic, but it would have been a good car. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine this film if it had all been based around a Volvo? <laughs> it's a Volvo, Marty. It's the safest car ever made. Stealth right, Marty's back bit. on board. Yeah, so now we're watching the film again from the other perspective. Presumably, then, they'd have to have refilmed Michael J. Fox on stage doing the guitar bit because... That you're filming it from a different perspective. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't make that up, can you? No. You can't just say, we'll, we'll augment it so that we're on the other side of the hall, of the, of the sports hall. No, they like, must they're have literally, it. They had to have refilmed all that stuff with him in the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where they're worried that if, if the Marty on the stage gets captured then it's going to mess up their future again yeah, yeah. I love it's how everything they do they cause a further problem to the, yeah it's clever isn't it try and resolve that problem <laughs> I think he took his wallet <laughs> I love this guy <laughs> I love the wallet guy. That's brilliant. Where's Calvin Klein? Who? The guy with the hat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is where Billy Zane and the gang are going to beat up on stage, Marty. Yeah. But Stealth Marty's on the case. Why are they waiting for him to finish playing the song before they jump him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of considerate bullying, isn't it? I, you know, if every bully was to work on a time schedule that you could agree upon, that'd be all right. I could probably deal with that. <laughs> right. Here we go. He's climbing over yeah. all the... He's on the uh, top of the stage now. Yeah. I do like the bits where you can see Michael J. Fox playing the... Oh, hang on. So there is... Um, yeah, you can tell it's CGI. Um, yeah, so the bit where Michael's playing the guitar and yeah. there's a Michael J. Fox behind him, yeah. it's CGI. Yeah, they've cut out the background and replaced yeah, it. Yeah, you can see in the background it's different. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It's so strange they've done it like that. Yeah. You would have thought it would be get... just easier to... Well, either way, it, they've but... got to CGI... Michael in because they can't have two Michael J. Foxes, can they? So they've got to put him in the background at some point, CGI yeah, anyway. True. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I love that sandbags are the way around everything. Just knock them out yeah, with sandbags. Good. Yeah, and then Marty comes down to the floor on the rope like a pirate. <laughs> It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> he notices the pile of people on the floor. <laughs> it's brilliant. Right, so this is where you can't imagine anything else is going to go wrong. Yeah. Right? Why is Marty hanging around? 
<laughs> Don't get this bit right. You know, he's just there to see this, I guess. I guess he's just wanting to see the scene that he's already seen before, yeah. Yeah. This is cool because it is the same bit that they filmed for the first film, and they've just. Yeah, it's just in the glass. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so clever. The whole film is clever. I don't think, again, like you said, when I was a kid, you just don't appreciate all of it. And then when you become an adult and you realise how weird it is, yeah, how clever it is, it's brilliant. <laughs> just can't I think maybe it, it was a chicken. bit too confusing for when you were a kid. I think maybe I was a little bit too young for it, you know? Yeah. yeah I guess you just assume, of course, there's two Martys. That makes sense. Yeah. But now you understand... Gosh, they would have had to you know, cut that in a particular way to make that make yeah. sense. Now Marty's been knocked out by himself. <laughs> have you seen that bit yeah. yet? You're not, so you're not delayed. No. Right, Biff's got the almanac again. <laughs> it was all for nothing. <coughs> the classic moment in a film. Yeah. He <laughs> was so close right. to getting it all sorted. He was. I'm going to see. Uh, okay, so I'll get some more facts while we're watching this scene. Yeah. Uh, filmed at the same time as Back to the Future Part 3, it was claimed that at the time that the four years had happened since Back to the Future 1 uh, was made, Michael J. Fox had forgotten how to ride a skateboard. However, motor skills are not so easily lost, as in riding a bike. Michael J. Fox has since stated that this was an early symptom of Parkinson's disease, although the medical diagnosis was not actually made until 1991. No oh. way. Oh, that's, that's sad. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he forgot how to skateboard. Um, oh, sad that one. Um, Did you hear the bit about the uh, 44 Ford ripping through the DeLorean like it was tinfoil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's a much more sturdy car. Yeah. Um, right, apparently Biff's uh, hoverboard, so Griff's hoverboard in the future, yeah, is called a pit bull, but it was supposed to be called the Mad Dog, which foreshadows his character's name in Back to in the Future the Part third Three. One, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would go. be clever. Yeah. Oh, so funny. I like that Marty's hiding, but Doc in the DeLorean is still just driving behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bothered. Uh, apparently, the plot line of George McFly being dead in '85 was entirely based on the fact that Crispin Glover refused to do the sequel, so they wrote him out of it. Um, uh, Casey Simasco, who plays one of Biff's cronies, is actually called 3D because he wears 3D glasses in all films. Nice. In 1955, he wears the paper kind issued at the uh, 1950s-style 3D movies. But in the, 18, sorry, the 1985 sequences, he wears a pair of real sunglasses that have a red and blue lens uh, made better to suit the era. And by 2015, Griff's goons wear holographic-type shades. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. That's good, isn't it? That is clever. Yeah. So much thought, James. So much thought put into these films. <laughs> it's just right. like the double take that Biff did then when he saw Marty. <laughs> when he looks at the door, yeah. yeah. <gasps> I like it. We've got an action sequence in a car late on now. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It, it's 
like the film was just winding down and all of a sudden it's picked back up yeah. again. It's really clever. It's definitely a lot more action packed than the first film. Yeah. Um and again there's the jeopardy of the fact that he's got one chance to get the almanac back before they've got to go back. This is <laughs> It's that whole Spielberg thing, isn't it, of ramming someone up against a wall that's quite a cliche in a lot of his films when they're hanging yeah. out to a car like he does it in Indiana Jones as well yeah and he does it in the, with the tank and stuff doesn't he yeah uh, and he does it with the actual yeah he does it twice in Indiana Jones you're right in fact then they do it in Indiana Jones in the second one as well when they're driving out of like Hong Kong or wherever they are yeah um are they in Beijing they're somewhere aren't they somewhere in China he likes that shot though that he does. sense of jeopardy yeah. and I know it's not a Spielberg thing, but they do it in uh, but, yeah. Solo yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Chewbacca, don't they? They're, they're hanging Chewbacca yes, they off, do. off the train. edge. I guess so it's cool. one of those. It's one of those um, beats that just works in films, especially in action yeah. films. Because when you're doing a car chase, there's got to be an extra level of jeopardy in a car chase because the car chase has been done so many thousands yeah. of times. I remember trying to watching a um, car on his hoverboard, by the way. I know, yeah. I was thinking that was a bit weird. It's a bit like, do you remember Matrix 2, uh, Matrix Reloaded, where they kind of did that action sequence on the highway and they oh, just yeah. threw everything at it because they just figured, well, everything's been done before. So they're going to have a character jump out of a car onto a lorry, then onto another car, then a motorcycle's going to get someone off a truck, off a motorcycle, onto a lorry. Yeah. And it was just like everything they did, they went another level up. Um, but you need to do that sometimes with action films. I think that's that's how you that's how it moves forward, isn't it? That's oh, definitely. How you make new new shots. And that that shot was iconic at the time, wasn't it? From Matrix. Yeah, yeah definitely. And now this bit with Marty being pulled up by the DeLorean. Yeah. Uh, and Biff crashing into the manure truck again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. I just love the continuity of it. It's so good. <laughs> it just had to happen. So good. Right, so the thunderstorm is now coming over Hill Valley, which yeah. is the thunderstorm that sends Marty back to the future in the first one. Right. Yeah. So Marty's just getting dropped off. With his yep. hoverboard pretty much intact. Imagine if he left the hoverboard in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now he's got to get rid of the almanac once and for all. I love it because it was his idea. This is quite painful for him in a way, isn't it? He was trying... Yeah, he wanted to do it. Biff yeah. stole the idea. And he's got the matchsticks from Biff's casino. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, newspapers cool. again, James. Yeah. It's the only way to Always. deal with things. 
I didn't realise how much they do rely on newspapers in these films. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and George McFly gets honoured instead of murdered. That's good. Yeah, it's always nice. And now there's the uh, Doc Brown one. Doc Brown gets commended instead of Doc Brown gets committed. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Lightning bolts just struck a tree. Yeah. I would definitely have landed the DeLorean by now if yeah. this was the case. <laughs> I love the gone. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I just say I love that he's uh, he's telling Doc to be careful, and then he gets struck. <laughs> yeah. And this is the the catalyst for the third film, leaving us in a uh, state of shock. I do like this though that. If one bad thing happens, ultimately Marty gets stuck in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, and and the Doc gets stuck in the 1800s, which ultimately, if he doesn't have what he needs to get out of the 1800s, he can't get back. It's like, it all it relies on the DeLorean working, doesn't it, all the time? Yeah. Like, it's got real stakes to the film. It's a comedy film, but there are real... Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, and I think the end of this one, going into the beginning of the third one, it has more stakes than it's ever had in the other two. Because the other two, it was just like, well, Doc will just fix it. Whereas he can't fix it in the 1800s. No. And I like that better. I think it, I think it just adds another layer of jeopardy to the film. It works so much better. It's, it's brilliant. Okay, a mysterious man has shown up in the rain. This is proper rain, this. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Marty just shocked at everything that's happened. He's an experienced time traveller now. He's <laughs> yeah. shocked at everything. <laughs> yeah. And you think the guy's going to shoot my... And he just pulls out a letter. <laughs> so funny. So it's a Western Union representative yeah. who has had a letter for 70 years, all old and bound up. This is a nice, cool way of dealing with time travel, though, isn't it? Yeah. So clever. <laughs> I love that guy's manic laugh. Yeah. He goes from a scary character to a really bumbling, funny character straight away. (laughs) I like that Marty has to read it in the light of the car's... um, the cars, um, whatchamacallit, light. Yeah. That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think this next scene is my favourite scene in the whole trilogy. Yeah. Um, as I always remember. So, <laughs> Doc is stuck on the clock tower uh, in what happened in the first one again. It's, yeah. I think it's better than the first one. I'm going to say that. I do think it, it's so clever as a sequel yeah. that you can't take away from the fact that it, it doesn't just do something different and it completely does a brilliant homage to the first one as well as taking us in a different direction it's everything you want from a sequel really it really is it's it's what the first one gave you and a lot more more yeah and you just don't get that from sequels these days they they feel lesser than their than their predecessor don't they yeah they just do a retread and this is still yeah. doing that but it's in a really smart way <laughs> it's yeah, so clever definitely I love how right. pleased with himself Doc is at this point. <laughs> yeah. And he only gets a moment yeah. of it because <laughs> Marty suddenly appears again. Yeah, he comes around the block in a second. In again, was my favourite sequence in the whole film. Sorry, give me one second. Just pause it a second. Okay. What's up? Yeah. Okay. Um, where we take the dogs to the park and on the way back get some milk and wine? Yep. Do you get on my card? No. It's in my drawer. I don't need it. Will you start tea or will you still be doing this? No, we're done in about five minutes. Oh, cool. We're just, just the end. The sausages on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, just let them know we've got three, three and two twos. If there's four of us, right? There's five of them. There's ten of them, ten sausages. So just... You sure? Yeah. Oh. Right. See you in a minute. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm back with you. No worries. Uh, you can play it. Uh, Doc is looking up at the skies. Yeah. Right. And now here's Marty back. <laughs> back again. <laughs> I love Doc's reaction. <laughs> it's just that whole scream that he does. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> I'm back from the future. <laughs> this would really mess with your head if you were a Doc. Yeah. <laughs> you sent me back to the future but now I'm back from the future good Scott yeah and this is it to be continued until we do the third one yeah crazy crazy I do love that film so much it's brilliant oh we get have you got this bit there's like a little Hill Valley preview bit. yeah yeah I never knew this was at the end I don't think did you know this no. was at the end I don't remember this. It's like a little trailer to the third one. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense because they had already filmed it all. Yeah, of course, yeah. Before they released the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I am actually, again, I've not seen the third one for a while. I think it's one of those films where the last time I saw it, I'd watched like the last 20 minutes of it at my mother-in-law's house on Christmas. It was just on ITV or whatever. Yeah. It's like there's nothing on. I'm going to watch the end of Back to the Future Part 3 without having watched the first half of the film. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing the third one all the way through. Definitely. Right, well, that's it, James. That's it. We have done it, guys. Another watch-along. Um, yeah, emotional stuff. Yeah. Right, it's, I love that film. It's such a good film. It is. Like you say, I think it is better in some ways than the first one. Yeah, definitely. Certainly definitely smarter. Right. I can't wait for this to go out and I can't wait to watch the third one um, given the knowledge we've got of this one now. Yeah. Um, yeah, love it. I'm going to pause it because the John Williams soundtrack is so loud in my left ear. 
Right, so we will wrap it up. I will save some more facts for the next watch along and we'll go through that with the Back to the Future Part 3 watch along. Uh, I am going to just see if I can find one more fact to give you guys. Let me have a look. Okay, I have one last fact which I'll give you before we go. Parting fact. The shirt that... Parting fact for the fans, the shirt that Doc Brown wears for the majority of Back to the Future Part 2 features a design depicting cowboys on a horseback and a train. This is a foreshadowing of the climax of the third film. That is oh, such a cool <laughs> When you detail. think it can't get any better, they throw that in there. That's insanely cool. Oh, I like That's that. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So you have another thing to go back and look for now. <laughs> so we just have to keep watching it again and again and again and again until we've seen all the references. Oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, to anyone else, if you've got any references you want us to discuss in the next one or any facts you think are really interesting, hit us up at Do The Franchise uh, on Twitter uh, and follow us on Instagram as well. We're going to be putting some more content up on there soon because I've been a little bit lax on it lately, I must admit. But yes, thank you for listening to the second ever watch along. I hope it went pretty well, apart from a couple of hiccups. Well, (laughs) yeah, hiccups we can deal with, hopefully. Well, we're going to go back in time and we're going to redo the beginning of this watch along. So what you're listening to now is the end of the watch along. What you've just been listening to was the watch along from the future that we'd already made, but we haven't made yet. (laughs) I think this could not be a more perfect watch along because it involves time travel. (laughs) This is great. So, So if you guys want to know what we're talking about... You just listened to the watch along, but half of that watch along was filmed after the watch along that you're now listening to. My head hurts already. Yeah. See you later, guys. See you, James. <laughs> Bye. Bye, James. Bye.